nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Cummings is culture. That's right. Cummings is culture is bringing you today the top breaking headlines out there of the day and some controversies that are going on in the world right now. <clears throat> There's a new poll out right now. 56% of voters, this comes from Newsmax, by the way, 56% of voters want the GOP to maintain control of the Senate. They want the Republicans to maintain control of the United States Senate, according to a new Harvard Caps slash Harris poll. Two runoff elections are scheduled in Georgia on January 5th, and they will decide party control in the, in the United States Senate. So that is the story right now out of Newsmax. that Americans are wanting the GOP to regain control in the Senate. Got to get rid of that music real fast. Got to keep talking. Um, the, uh, yeah, if the Republicans are going to maintain control in the Senate, of course, the two runoff elections in Georgia are, they are, you, you know, essential to the GOP because, um, if they were to lose both those elections, then they would lose the, the, the control in the Senate. And of course that would leave Biden with a major, um, major, ma it would be no stopping a, um, liberal agenda from taking over the United States is pretty much what this means. So if you're in the state of Georgia and you don't go vote on January 5th, if you even go vote on January 5th, because, Right now, Brian Kemp, the the useless governor of Georgia, who's who who's Secretary of State certifies an election, and then he calls for after the election is certified, it's certified. It's going to take a court to overturn it. But what what he's done is he's put the state of Georgia has put the Trump administration in a terrible, terrible case for their legal case. Uh, put them in a terrible situation for their legal case. Because what's going on, what's going to happen now is the useless governor, Brian Kemp, uh, is now calling for signature verification on all the ballots, which should have, it should be mandatory for signature verification on ballots anyway, and a recount. I mean, that should just be common sense. If, if there's a, allegations of voter fraud, you would think that the first thing you do is make sure there are real votes. Um, you just wouldn't recount votes that people are alleging are fake votes so i mean i don't know i don't know what the end game is for brian kemp trump was very instrumental in getting brian kemp elected and i don't know why exactly brian kemp has essentially turned his back on donald trump and essentially turned his back on the the base that elected him and i have a feeling that brian kemp and mr raffensperger from georgia We'll be looking for a new job here in about two years. And, um, you know, it, it, it's sickening uh, to see that that you're going to sit there and you're going to say, okay, well, now after we've done certified it and we've made it official, let's go ahead 
and um, see if there was fraud. No, you see if there's fraud before you certify. You don't certify something um, when you when you when someone is alleging that there's fraud in it and that's exactly right brian kemp and raffensberger may have become sellouts it's more of may it looks like they are sellouts now they have done themselves no favor i don't i don't see how either one of them get reelected in two years if mr raffensberger is even able to be elected uh mr kemp um the reason i say he's uh not might not be able to be elected is because he may be term limited. I don't know how that works in the state of Georgia. Some states have term limits on certain things and some do not, but, um, Brian Kemp and you're exactly right. They've sold their souls to the devil. I mean, that that's, that, that's, that's what it's looking like. You can't say that there might be fraud after you've said, okay, everything's okay. And yeah, Brian Kemp is, eligible for re-election in 2022 but you know brian kemp do yourself a favor do not run let somebody else run because you're going to be wasting money and when you're wait the reason you're going to be wasting money is because i do not think that the base that elected donald trump is going to come out and vote for you again they probably more than likely he's hurting the gop and the state of georgia because brian kemp if he does run in 2022 and he does get that nom the Republican nomination for governor in the state of Georgia, I do not believe that the Donald Trump base that has overtaken the Republican Party will show out will show will, will turn out for him. I, I don't think it's going to happen, and I think he will lose. And I think Stacey Abrams will run for um, governor in the state of Georgia again. And I think she will win if Brian Kemp is the nominee in two years. So if you're Georgia and you're, um, if you if you're Georgia and if you if you live in Georgia and you're a member of the Republican Party, then maybe it's time to you know to just tell Brian Kemp, hey, we're not going to back you in 2022. We're just not. We're going to go with somebody else. I, I've heard that name before, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan. I've heard that name before. Um. Yeah, God help Georgia if Stacey Abrams becomes governor of Georgia because she was she was backed by Barack Obama. She was backed by Oprah Winfrey. She was backed by, I mean, billions of dollars was spent in the state of Georgia, I believe. And um, they couldn't get her elected. The president um, came out and actually got her elected. So, yeah, those two Senate seats in Georgia, those are absolutely crucial to not only the GOP, but securing the uh, Senate from total chaos, because what's going to happen is they're going to push things like the great, the green new deal. They're going to push things like, like you have never seen before. They're going to pu push court packing. They're going to make a mockery of our Supreme court. And you know, it's, it, it's, it's borderline insane what's happening in our country right now. But over at our friends at Newsmax, the Newsmax app has seen 3 million downloads this month. That's right. It's 3 million downloads in the month of November for Newsmax. So that's, the, that, that's, that's what's uh, happening over at Newsmax. They have reached 3 million downloads. And I believe um, I'm going to check this right now while I'm right here looking at a phone while I have one near me. 
Um, let's see. How in the world does Parler stay number one? Now, now, I'm not accusing Apple of anything, but let me ask you something. How in the world does Parler stay as the number one free app for however many weeks in a row? All these downloads, and now Parler is all the way down to number 80 on the top free apps. Well, let me tell you why. I joined Parler along with a lot of people who also joined Parler. And the thing with Parler is, it's no place to build a community. Um, that's the issue with Parler, to me. Now, this is my opinion. Um, Parler does not allow people like myself, others who have an audience, to interact with each other. It's just not happening. And Parler is not, it, it, it's not user-friendly. Um, in my opinion, it's not user-friendly. And yeah, that's right, shadow banning. People are accusing Parler of shadow banning. So that that's another reason Parler, to me, I, I'm on there, I see the things that are on there. To me, I look at Parler now and I'm just thinking, you know, is this just a platform to get people to sign up for? So uh, Alex Jones has a platform, Platform. Laura Loomer has a platform because they're banned everywhere. And it looks like it because that's the only people you ever actually see posting on Parler. Like I can't go on Parler and find certain people I, and the people I have found and the people... Um, sounds like Apple sh shadow banning Parler. Well, they could be. Um, but the problems with Parler um, is when you go on Parler, the, the people I have found, um, some people have contacted me and said, hey, did you see my post? And I was like, no. And, you know, I have to go look for their page, type their name in, and I have to type their username in just right even find them on there sometimes so it's not it's not that i don't want free social media it's not that i don't want that i want user-friendly social media and that's something with parlor that just isn't there right now i'm not i'm not saying that parlor won't get there and i'm not saying that parlor can't get there i'm just saying it's not there right now and i think it's a good concept i think it's a good idea but i think they need to be pushing um creators that are not um, so like if you're going to create a social media platform, you cannot base your social media platform off one group. You have to have social media as all inclusive. And I know people say, well, we don't want to hear the left. We hear the left on Twitter. That's true because Twitter has appeased to the left. Well, parlor is doing the exact same thing. It's appeasing to the right. When social media is supposed to be social media and this group, if you like these people, then listen to these people. If you like these people, then listen to these people. And, and, and the problem with social media is that everyone believes that they're actual friends on social media. And you know, that that's just not, that's just not true. Um, and, um,
unless they're family or people you've known your whole life, then I mean, don't get, you know, connected with people that you somewhat just don't know because you never know what could happen, what could be said. And that's just, that's just one of the things that you try to live life by and you hope that, um, you hope that that's what everyone's living by because you sometimes don't know people on social media. So don't get into contact with people with social media. If, if you're, uh, we're allowing kids on social media now and that's a problem. Social media is overtaking homes. It's overtaking businesses and, you know, we're losing our social interaction skills like people sitting there listening to me right now. It's no different than listening to a radio station, right? You can interact with me through a chat. You can interact with me through Facebook, and that's fine. We're providing a service. But people that you're just meeting over the Internet, uh, it's a dangerous game that you're playing because you have IP addresses. They can find out where you are. They can find out who you are. They can find out where you stay. They can find out. You know, I, I believe that they can even uh, download a software to a device now that they, they can even track you. And I mean, you, you know, it's just the Internet is also it, it's just a dangerous. The Internet is a dangerous place. Yeah. And they can clone your IP address. I mean, it, it's the Internet's a dangerous place. And I, I don't think people understand when they're on the Internet that the Internet was built for information and it was never built or intended for what it's doing now. Um, like you sitting here listening to me, was it intended for this? Yes, because this is information. Um, this is a service, but was the internet created so you can have um, all these dating sites and all these I mean, it was one of the daily one of the dating sites. A woman met a man off the dating site, and he killed her. So, I mean, the internet is a dangerous place. Do not let your children on the internet. Um, another thing that people have a problem with, and another people, a lot of people are getting addicted to. Um, I know someone who is a psychologist, and she has explained to me that people are becoming addicted to pornography due to the um the the shutdown or the the quarantine of the country because so many people are at home and pornography is so easily accessible through any device out there and you know you would think you know well how do you get addicted to pornography how is that a thing well it actually is there are actual people who have gotten to the point where they had rather they had rather watch pornography than actually be with an individual. So that that's that that's a problem that I had no idea that was even out there until it was explained to me that that there are people who have a pornography uh, addiction. So um, pornography addiction is real, and this is contributing to it. And we 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 didn't know the the side effects of a quarantine, a nationwide quarantine. So what's happening is we're having people get addicted to not only just pornography, uh, not addicted to the internet, but they're getting addicted to pornography. Um, and if you know anything about when I looked into this, once she told me that 
once she told me about getting addicted to pornography, there's a thing like they start off watching a woman and then they start watching a woman and a man. And then once they've watched that for a while, it's a, two women and a man uh, and a man. It's a man. It's two men and one woman. And then it, it just spirals out of control till you get to horses and just sickening things, but it happens. And, um, so it, it makes you wonder what's actually going on in our society. But another, another thing about the quarantine, um, suicide rates, and I don't have the exact numbers right here in front of me, but I believe that I was told yesterday that the suicide rates in the country are up enormously. So that's something that we didn't plan on. Um, depression is up in the country enormously. Um, our hospitals are overloaded to the point where we're putting people in the hospital for COVID that we can't even treat cancer right now. We can't treat heart patients right now. And people are dying of things that are curable because we have so many people that are in the hospital with COVID. So this quarantine is affecting the whole country. And there is belief in the country that Joe Biden is going to place the whole nation in a six-week quarantine. Well, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, has done told the Biden so-called administration that he's not going to shut his state back down. And the state of Alabama has also joined the state of Florida and saying that we are not going to shut back down. I don't know anything about Brian um, Kemp in Georgia. I don't know. He'll probably shut down because um, we're going to nickname Cuck. We're going to nickname him Cuck, Brian Cuck Kemp. Um, but I don't know if Georgia will shut back down. But, you know, we've got a vaccine coming out. There's no reason for, you know, people to be continued to be locked down. There's just not. Um, we knew the vaccine was coming. Is the vaccine going to be safe for everybody? We don't know. Um, and so that that's a thing that um, that that's coming out here. And I believe December the 11th, the, the first um, vials are going to be delivered of the vaccine. And people are going to be able to take them. So if you're interested in the COVID vaccine, which... You know, I'm not, um, I'm like you, I don't plan on getting the COVID vaccine, um, either, but you know, it's, it's one of those things. I'm young, I'm 28 years old there, but there are people who are 70, 75, 80, 85 years old. And, you know, if the COVID vaccine works, then, you know, if it has, um, if it does have a 94% chance of keeping you from getting COVID, and or, you know, maybe a 96 percent chance of keeping you from getting COVID and you're up there in age and they say, OK, well, 10 years down the road, this thing may have co unintended consequences. Well, you know, you, you still are probably inclined to take it because if you're 85 years old, you know, 10 years, it's a lifetime. So. I, I, I'm not going to take the COVID vaccine, but, you know, it, it's not because. It's not because I, I'm against vaccines. Trust me, I'm not against vaccines. I believe that you should take vaccinations. I believe you should give your children vaccinations. There's diseases out there that we have conquered and destroyed and eradicated, we thought, and we have seen the uprising of those diseases that have been gone because people stopped vaccinating their children. And we can't afford to do that. We, we can't afford to let diseases come back because we're afraid that this is going to give someone autism 
or that's going to give someone this. We we can't do that. Um, I do not believe that vaccines cause autism. Uh, there's not been a proven study that's been brought to me that says, or that has been posted where I could read it or anything like that that says, look, this causes autism. Um, if it was, should we should should we reconsider vaccines? No, we shouldn't reconsider them. We should just reconsider on how we produce them what's causing the autism so I, I don't believe that that that's true i believe that's just a conspiracy and i believe that people should get the vaccines that they need the covid vaccine is is, is a is a totally different story because the covid vaccine was produced in six months time it was called operation warp speed and what they have done is that they have taken a vaccine completely out of thin air and they have, you know, a, a virus that came virtually out of thin air and they have created a vaccine for it in six months time. So it, it's just, it's just one of those things. I'm not going to tell anybody not to take the COVID vaccine, but I'm, I'm going to give you my honest opinion and tell you that I'm not taking the COVID vaccine. But if you want to take the COVID vaccine, I'm all for it okay we're not going to discourage anybody from taking the covid vaccine and if you want to take it then take it um if it's a good thing and it six months from now if the covid vaccine is proven that it doesn't have any long-term side effects um if it's proven and deemed safe then you know maybe i'll be open to taking the covid vaccine but right now it's too much of a risk for a young person to take that vaccine so um, I, I just, I, I just don't know, um, all about it and I'm not going to condemn anybody that does take it because the vac, the, the virus is real. It has killed over 200,000 Americans. Um, I have not looked at the exact number of how many people that the virus has killed, but a lot of those people did have preexisting conditions that did contribute into their death and pneumonia. Some people argue pneumonia would have done the same thing. And I don't know, I'm not a doctor. So, you know, it's, it's, if you want to take the vaccine, take the vaccine. If you don't want to take the vaccine, don't take the vaccine. But anyone who does decide to take the vaccine, let's not condemn them. So until we know more about it, you know, we, we've got to know, um, we've got to know more about this, the, this vaccine before we can say, okay, well, it's great. You know, it's 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 phenomenal. It's working. It, it doesn't have any uh, it doesn't have any side effects. So if you want to take it, take it. If you don't, don't. I mean, I mean, I just don't know right now. And that's why that's my biggest issue with the covid vaccine and not taking it is because I don't know about it. And sure, covid is real. It's a bad thing. But let's not make the solution worse than the problem. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. Let's not make the solution worse than the problem. And if you're not sure where I'm going with that, what if we find out in 10 years that this vaccine causes <clears throat> advanced stages of advanced stages of cancer and we have thousands of people dying of cancer that was preventable. So that that's what I'm saying. We we have to be careful. So I'm not telling you not to take it, but I'm not going to tell you to take it either. And if you don't want to, if you do take it, I'm not going to condemn you. And if you don't take it, I don't want anybody condemning anybody either because it, it's your own personal preference. Um, for you liberals out there who are saying that 
if you don't take the vaccine, you shouldn't be able to go to this or that, this or that. My body, my choice. So back to the news. If you own a GM vehicle, GM is going to recall 7 million vehicles globally to replace Takata airbags. General Motors will recall about 7 million big pickup trucks and SUVs worldwide to replace potentially dangerous Takata airbag inflators. The move came Monday after the U.S. government told the automaker it had to recall 6 million of the vehicles in the United States. Wow. This is the second major recall on Takata airbags, I believe. And um, I don't know what's going on in the country with... I don't know what's going on with this... um, with this company of, of why they're having so many recalls. But um, the whole story is the recall will cost the Detroit automaker an estimated $1.2 billion, about one-third of its net income so far this year. GM, say, GM says it will not fight the recall, even though it believes the vehicles are safe. The automaker had petitioned the agency four times starting in 2016 to avoid a recall contending the airbag inflators canisters have been safe on the road and in testing, but the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration on Monday denied the petitions, saying the inflators still run the risk of exploding. Owners who filed comments with NHTSA said the company was placing profits over safety. Exploding Takata inflators caused the largest series of auto recalls in the United States history with at least 63 million inflators recalled. The U.S. government says that of September, more than 11.1 million have not been fixed and about 100 million inflators have been recalled worldwide. Takata used volatile ammonium nitrate to create a small explosion to fill the airbags in a crash, but the chemical can deteriorate when exposed to high heat and humidity and explode with too much force, blowing apart a metal canister and spewing shrapnel. 27 people have been killed worldwide by the exploding inflators, including 18 in the United States. The recall covers GM's full-size pickup trucks and SUVs from 2007 to the 2014 models, including the Chevrolet Silverado, 1,500, 2,500, and 3,500 pickups, the Silverado is the is GM's top-selling vehicle and the second best-selling vehicle in the United States. Also covered are the Chevrolet Suburban, Tahoe, and Avalanche, the Cadillac Escalade, the GMC Sierra 1500, 2500, and 3500, and also the GMC Yukon. So if you own any of those vehicles, there's a recall right now of exploding canisters in the airbags. Uh, you can find this info over at Newsmax. And when you go to Newsmax, um, click Newsfront, and it will be the, let's see here. It will be the eighth story down on Newsmax if you have one of those vehicles and you would like to go over there and check out about those recalls. Um, that's some of the 
things that have been going on. I mean, Takata has had problems with those airbags for a while, and we'll see if they get it sorted out, but I, I don't know. Um, Catholic bishops form groups, form a group over concern with Biden policies. The Catholic bishops form group over concern with Biden policies. Catholic, Catholic bishops have formed a group to respond to their concern about policies Joe Biden supports, particularly abortion and gay rights. At the end of the virtual meeting for the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops on November the 17th, Los Angeles Archbishop Jose Gomez announced the group and ticked off Biden proposals that were praiseworthy as well as those that should be announced. Biden would be the the second, only the second Catholic priest to be elected, uh, Catholic priest, Catholic president to be elected after John F. Kennedy. Gomez's remarks were the president-elect, so-called, has given us the reason to believe that his faith commitments will move him to support some good policies, Gomez said. That includes the policies of immigration reform, refugees, and the poor, and against racism, the death penalty, and climate change. See, Pope? See there, buddy? We disagree on the death penalty. I think the death penalty is a good thing. He has also given us the reason to believe that he will support policies that are against some of the fundamental values that we hold dear as Catholics. These policies include the repeal of the Hyde Amendment and the pre preservation of Roe versus Wade. Um, the Hyde Amendment, that's legislation that bars the use of federal funds to pay for abortion, except to save the life of a woman or if the pregnancy arises from incest or rape. Um... So, I, I, I mean, they're forming a group. I mean, that's what everybody does now. Everybody forms them a little group because they're outraged about everything. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Walmart, if you live in Texas, Walmart's been rejected by the United States Supreme Court in their bid to sell liquor in Texas. Walmart cannot sell liquor in Texas. The U.S. Supreme Court turned away a bid by Walmart Incorporated to start selling liquor at its Texas stores, leaving intact for now a state law that bars alcohol sales by publicly owned companies. Well, you know what? I, I know people say, you know, free country, all that. But, you know, I've got to agree with I, I've, got, I've got to agree with that state law. And I'm going to tell you why. That state law. Is pretty much propping up mom and pop shops and it's propping up small business, because if Walmart was allowed to start selling liquor and the state of Texas, what you would see as people who have been in business for years, they would start to shut down and that would create unemployment unless they work for Walmart. So what Walmart tries to do, Walmart tries to get a monopoly on everything when they move into a small community. And I think all the, all the restrictions we can put on big business to stop them from killing small business should be done because small business eventually, if they have a good business plan and a good business model and they treat their employees well, and they're by year five, they're positive. They're in the positive consistently. 
um, they're going to continue to grow. And when they grow, if they one day become a competitor, um, competition actually drives prices down. And Walmart does need a major competitor that is not Target or Costco because Target and Costco have been around for years and they're still not in every community that Walmart is. So, you know, we, we need to stop. We, we need to stop killing small business to benefit big business. And, you know, that's, that's one of the, the, the biggest things that have been, you know, said that has been going on for years is that big business. When Walmart moves into your community, your small businesses die. And that's the way some people make a living. And that's the way most Americans used to make a living. You had a service and they had a service. And then what you did is you swapped money through the community and the community had money coming. It had a constant revenue stream without a revenue stream coming in from the outside. And what happened was that's what created the American dream. Like one day, if you say you were working for the butcher and you were an apprentice, well, one day you wanted to start, you wanted to become your own butcher. Well, then he retired and then there was no butcher in town. So you opened your own, you opened your own meat shop or whatever. Well, then, you know, that created another business that created a job for somebody. So that that's, that's what's been missing from our country for so long. And, you know, Walmart getting rejected by the Supreme court over that. I, I completely agree with that. I applaud the Supreme court for not allowing them to do that because what, what's going to happen is they're going to kill small business and, Small businesses having it rough as it is right now. I mean, they're um, they're, they're they're getting killed right now. And right now, I'm going to get to my last story of the day. My last story of the day is a story that is out of the state of Alabama. It concerns someone that I've had on this podcast before, someone that I know, someone that I like very much, someone I think a lot of. It concerns the Secretary of State of Alabama, John Merrill. Um, over the li- over the last couple of days, um, several news outlets, um, like Newsweek, um, have reported this story. Um, several news outlets in the state of Alabama have reported this story, and they're not telling the whole story. So let's read uh, Newsweek, what Newsweek seemed to put out first, and then we'll tell our little side of the story. Alabama Secretary of State John Merrill pushed back against criticism from social justice groups, (coughs) social justice warriors, after they sent a letter raising concerns about content he retweeted from his personal Twitter account. One of the retweets that the groups identified in their letter as problematic included a video clip of a hooded black man punching a white man from behind sucker punched him. Let's get the full context here. Newsweek. If you're going to post a story, let's get the whole story. It's not just a hooded black man punching a white man. It is a hooded black man sneaking up behind an old, probably 75, 80 year old white man, which the group said did not show the full interaction between the individual individuals involved. Well, that was promoting violence. That that was violent. He turned around and walked away, and when he walks away, he sucker punches him. So there, there's your whole story right there. And in that retweet, it also included the, the terms 
Hashtag Black Lives Matter. War on Whites continues on camera. Another retweet the groups pointed to read, when Patriots decide it's time to fight back, it's going to be ugly. According to the screenshots of, of the post obtained by WHNT-TV, Merrill retweeted the content from his personal Twitter account without adding his own commentary. And the letter sent to Merrill's office, the groups wrote that retweeted the content served as a dog whistle without context that was unacceptable and irresponsible at its best, immature and racist at its worst. Many of our protesters have been violently, violently threatened by the very base your retweets invigorate and embolden, the letter reads, referring to the protest demanding an end to systemic racism and violence against black Americans that have occurred in Alabama and across the United States following George Floyd's death in May. As an elected official, we expect you to know better, to do better, and to be simply better. Now, Merrill told Newsweek on Friday that he has not read the letter, which more than 20 Alabama-based groups and individuals co-signed and sent to his office earlier this week. The Secretary of State said he does not intend to participate in a news conference at the Alabama State Capitol on November the 24th that the individuals invited him to within the letter. And this is Merrill's quote to Newsweek, typically, I don't waste my time on things that are, how can I say this, that have no validity, that have no singular purpose other than to try to draw attention to the people who are writing the letter. And he's absolutely correct. What's happening here is they can't get anyone to show up at their little rally. And they're attacking the Secretary of State of Alabama. Now, what happened in that video was absolutely, absolutely disgusting. But not one time did these people condemn that man for sneaking up on that man and punching him in the back of the head. Did you notice that? I read their entire quote. You can go read this on Newsweek. And they did not one time, not one time did they condemn the violence by Antifa. Not one time did they condemn the riots and the burning and the looting of cities. And not one time they condemn Democrat politicians for failing to call out the violence on their side of the aisle. Not one time. The reason this, this is real news. This is not fake news, what I'm about to tell you. The reason they are attacking John Merrill is because John Merrill is an upstanding man. You can look, you can listen to my podcast. He answered every question that I asked him. I've had conversations with John Merrill since that day. Um, and John Merrill is, of course, which everyone knows, is going to be a candidate for an elected office in 2022 in the state of Alabama. It's going to happen. Everyone knows it's going to happen. So what these people are doing to John Merrill is they're trying to find something to attack him on now because they can't attack him on policy. They can't attack him on the job he's done as the Secretary of State of Alabama because he has not had one voting controversy in the state. You cannot attack him. You cannot attack him on his character. Find something on him, because I looked into him. I went all the way down to his donor list before I did a podcast with him. There's nothing wrong. There was nothing there. 
what they are doing is they know that they cannot beat him in 2022. And that's pretty much what they are trying to do. They're trying to get him there tomorrow. The Well, what's the, yeah, it's tomorrow. And when they get him there, they, they're obvious. They knew, he, they, listen, they know he's not coming anyway, but they, they want to make some, they want to make a rise about their protest. Well, Democrats in this country are telling people that they cannot, they cannot, um, <laughs> they cannot have Thanksgiving with their family. Yes, you can. Do not let the government tell you you can't have Thanksgiving with your family. But they're telling people they have to stay in their homes. They're wanting to lock people up in their homes. Everybody's pretty much under house arrest because it's not safe. It's not safe, but it's okay for a couple liberal groups in the state of Alabama to go down to the capital of Montgomery and hold a rally. Just like how Notre Dame fans rushing the field was considered a super spreader event, when at the same time all those people who were at the Biden rally, who were all of a sudden, all those Jeeps were there in the front. I don't know what that was. But anyway, all those people who were celebrating in the streets the next day, how that wasn't a super spreader event is beyond me. But it's okay for these. It's not okay, according to this pe- to these people, for you to go have Thanksgiving with your family. But it's okay for them to go out into the streets tomorrow, November the twenty fourth, and have a. I guess they're calling it a press conference. There's not going to be any press there. This is the most press you're going to get. But it's okay for them to go down there and try to have some kind of little protest. So if you wanted to the truth, you got the truth today, and I hope you, if you you wanted to know, listen, people have told me, well, you're defending John Merrill. Why are you defending John Merrill? I'm not defending John Merrill. John Merrill's record defends itself. Um. Use some common sense, read into the facts. They're, they're, they're on him now because he told some guy to have a sex change. I haven't even read this story. Just, um, <laughs> and f- wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He calls. Oh, let's see. What What is it about the sex change? Where was it at? This comes from AL.com. We'll go ahead and read it. Alabama Secretary of State had an insult-filled exchange <laughs> through Facebook with a Huntsville man on Saturday, a back-and-forth. Merrill ended by telling the man could, to consider a sex change operation. Okay, first off, he told Merrill that he was an embarrassment to the state. Well, where's his... What, what caused Merrill to respond like that? Are you going to post the whole thing, AL.com, or are you just going to... Are you going to post the whole thing? Oh, he acknowledged that he was being a troll or trying to get a rile in him. Let me see the screenshots. Well, are they not going to post the screenshots? Well, see, this is the problem in America. Everybody wants to say they got a story. Oh, okay. Well, here's supposedly, I haven't looked into this. 
Richard asked Merrill, what's it like to watch your career and credibility dissolve in real time? And Owen, don't forget you work for me. And Merrill responded, what's it like to never have a career? <laughs> Richard responded, oh, you feeling a wee bit butthurt about that? You work for me. I work for all 4.8 million Alabamians. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. They say it more went on. And then they said it wrapped up with, you may also consider having a sex change operation so you can become what you were intended to be. Ah! <laughs> he called him a pussy. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. Listen, I know John Merrill. It's the first, probably first time in his life he's ever got trolled. All right, he's ever got trolled. He's ever had to deal with trolls. Listen, and these liberals on the left, they're 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 fighting him so hard because they know they can't beat him. Uh, oh, they, they know they can't beat him. I've had conversations with Merrill. He he's a nice guy. He's upstanding. I believe he's a good man, and I believe he's going to not only be the governor of Alabama one day. I believe he's also going to be a United States senator, and potentially, probably one day down the road, we'll see. But I think one day he may even be a vice presidential candidate or a presidential candidate. Um. He understands the laws, and he, he's he, he's well-versed in what he does. So I believe he's probably the best Secretary of State of the states, not at the national level, but at the states, at the state level across the country. I believe he's simply incredible at what he does. He handles the election. He's open. He's transparent. He's been honest. Every one of these news stations, no matter if they're liberal, if they're conservative, whatever, he goes on them. He did my podcast. And, you know, of course, I thanked him for it. I've had Democrats on my podcast. I've had Republicans on my podcast. And I try to stay in the middle. But sometimes they're even dragging me to a side. So, you know, I know what it's like to get trolled. But um, to the level like that where you're a public official and you're, I don't know how old John is, but he's probably like 49, 50 years old. And he's getting trolled for the first time in his life. And he's never dealt with trolls before. I mean, you know, that was hilarious, though. His response was hilarious. It was pretty savage. So, hey, um, we're going to be getting out of here pretty soon. But I want to encourage everybody to go ahead and hit that follow button or the subscribe button or whatever you're listening on right now. And, you know, I want to thank everybody for coming on who came in live. And, of course, I want to thank everybody who is going to be listening to this across all different platforms. Go ahead and subscribe to Coming as a Culture. And, you know, just always remember that we're not controversial. We're just culture.